Our good word today is found in 1 Thessalonians 2, verses 7 and 8. Paul has been discussing in the first six verses his stewardship. Paul, the faithful steward. Verse 4, we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel. Now, in verses 7 and 8, he changes the picture completely. Paul, the faithful steward, becomes Paul, the gentle nurse. Verse 7, but we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children, or it can be translated, a nursing mother cherisheth her children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because ye were dear unto us. May I read this to you from the New American Standard translation, verses 7 and 8 of 1 Thessalonians 2. But we prove to be gentle among you as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children. Having thus a fond affection for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel, but also our own lives because you had become very dear unto us. You see in verses 1 through 6, it's Paul the steward and it's his relationship to Christ. He lived to please God. Now it's Paul, the faithful, gentle nurse, and here it's a relationship not of faithfulness to God so much as love for God's people. Now please don't reverse these. Our first responsibility is to be faithful to God. You know, there are some preachers and some Sunday school teachers who have such a love for people, they will even let them do things they shouldn't do. I know I have some preacher friends who say, oh, I love my church too much to scold them. Well, my father and mother loved me, but they scolded me, and bless your heart, they spanked me. Paul put faithfulness to God first. And we're going to find out later on that Paul encouraged them and exhorted them and disciplined them because he loved them. Now, don't make your love for God's people so twisted and so extreme that it ruins your faithfulness to the Lord Jesus Christ. First, we're faithful to the Lord then we show love to God's people. It's a beautiful picture here. Can you imagine the Apostle Paul comparing himself to a nursing mother? But you see, he was looking for an image. He was looking for something that spoke of gentleness and kindness and love. This is what new Christians need. New Christians need love. Take a baby. Everybody loves a baby. I don't care how ugly the little thing may be or how noisy he may be. Everybody loves a baby. And there's only one place for a baby, that's in somebody's arms. You look at the baby in the little crib or in the little buggy, and your first inclination, if you have any love at all, if you're human at all, is to want to reach down and pick the baby up. Now, a baby's about the most useless thing in the world. It's about as useless as a screen door in a submarine. There's nothing useful about a baby. A baby consumes food. A baby doesn't wash dishes. It just produces diapers that need to be washed. A baby can't do a thing. And yet everybody takes care of a baby. Why? Because the baby's helpless and we love the baby. God puts into the heart of a mother and a father a deep, sincere, wonderful, all-consuming love for that child. Now Paul is saying this is what we need in our churches. Every Christian, when he's born again, is a little baby. Back in chapter 1, he told us how this church was born. Jesus said, except a man be born again, born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And I praise God for those who are one to Jesus Christ through the gospel. 
And so someone comes and receives Jesus Christ and is born of the Spirit, born again. Now, Paul had been their spiritual father. He's going to talk about being a father over in verse 11. We exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children. But, you know, in bringing this church into existence, in leading these people to Jesus Christ, Paul had acted like a spiritual father. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul wrote this to the Corinthian church. Verse 15, 1 Corinthians 4, 15, For though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have ye not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. So every soul winner is a spiritual father. Now that means travail. I tell you, friend, if you've never had the spiritual travail to bring a spiritual baby into the world, you don't know what suffering is except for modern conveniences and modern science, there is travail in the birth of a physical baby. But then that very travail becomes joy as a baby's born into the world. The same baby that causes the travail causes the joy. And oh, to have spiritual travail over lost souls. And then what a joy it is to see these babies born. Just recently in our church, uh, we saw several come to Christ for whom we've been praying. And oh, what a joy it is to see these dear people born into God's kingdom. So we are spiritual fathers when we preach the gospel and give forth the word of God to win others to Christ. Then they're born, but after they're born, they've got to have nourishment. They have to have love. And so the spiritual father becomes a spiritual mother. And Paul says, We were gentle among you, even as a nursing mother cherisheth her own children. Little babies need love. Now, you love them when they're dirty. You love them when they cry. You love them when they're disobedient. You love them when they're selfish. You love them and love them and love them because a little baby can only grow in an atmosphere of love. Now, this is what's needed in many of our churches today, an atmosphere of love. When a baby grows up in an atmosphere of criticism and hatred and malice, it itself becomes critical and hateful and malicious and unkind, because babies are great imitators. Over in verse 14, he says, But ye brethren became followers of the churches of God, which are in Judea. That word followers means imitators. You became imitators. Now, babies need love. Let's talk for just a little while about the kind of love that is needed in our churches today if these babies are going to grow. You see, too many of our spiritual babies become stunted and handicapped. The way you raise a physical baby determines how it's going to live when it gets older. And the way you raise a spiritual baby determines how that baby is going to live when it gets older. And the reason we are not seeing many mature, healthy, happy Christians is because when they are born into the family, we don't take the right kind of care of them. There needs to be loving, tender care of these new spiritual babies. Now, it's a love that can only come from God. Romans 5, 5 says, The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Spirit which he has given unto us. This love has to be a sincere love from the Lord, a Christ-like love. Let's begin there, Ephesians 5, 29. Ephesians 5, 29. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh. No father or mother would ever hate their little baby, their own flesh but nourisheth and cherisheth it even as the Lord 
the church. So the love that I have for these new babies has to be a Christ-like love. Not something I manufacture, not something sentimental, but deep from the Lord. You know, as a pastor, I guess I can open my heart to you. You become so entwined in the hearts of your people that even the thought of leaving them hurts. When I look upon my congregation on Sunday morning and evening and Wednesday evening, and I see dear people out there, you've been with them in the furnace, through the fire, through the difficulties. You love them, and you believe that they love you too. And this has to be a Christ-like love, not a natural love because we like the same things, but a deep spiritual love. It has to be a sincere love. Now, if there's one thing that the church doesn't need, it's hypocrisy. And it's possible to be hypocritical in our love. If you have your Bible in front of you, just turn with me to Romans chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. Romans 12, 9 and 10. Let love be without dissimulation. Now, let me put a new word in there. Let love be without hypocrisy. There is a hypocritical love. There are people who call you dearie and honey, and they, they act so sweet, and yet deep in their hearts, they don't love you at all. It's hypocrisy. Paul says, let the love in the church be without hypocrisy. Verse 10, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love in honor preferring one another. This is how this love is shown in putting yourself last and others first. Now, too often in the church, we prefer ourselves first. But how many times does a father, how many times will a mother forget about themselves for the sake of the baby? You know, this is why I won't go certain places and do certain things, because of the babies. When my wife and I were married, we anticipated having a family. Two years later, a boy was born into our family. Now, until my son came along, I didn't care if I left the back door open. Didn't bother me one bit if the scissors were on the floor or if there was a needle on the floor. But after we had a baby, I tell you, the doors were closed because there was a long staircase outside. And there were no needles on the floor, and I didn't leave the knife and the scissors lying around. Why? Because it might hurt my son. You know, the greatest way to clean up a church is to have a lot of spiritual babies born into it. This is why evangelism always leads to revival. You get people saved in your church, you get some spiritual babies born into your church, it'll clean the church up. It should, because when the babies are there, we've got to be careful how we live. It must be a sincere, honest love. It must be a sacrificial love. Greater love hath no man than this, and a man lay down his life for his friends. Over in the book of Galatians, Paul wrote to the Galatians and said in chapter 4 and verse 19, My little children, of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. A mother doesn't just simply travail in the birth of the child. She travails in the growth of the child. It's a sacrificial love. It must be a serving love. The mother and father live for the baby. The baby doesn't do very much to help that home except to respond to the love. In love, we are to serve one another. Our service must be born of love. It must be a forgiving love. Be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Love covers a multitude of sins. You don't spank a baby for being a baby. You don't scold a baby for not being able to recite the Declaration of Independence. Spiritual babies need love. Now, Paul says here that he gently dealt with them. It was firmness, but gentleness. Paul talks about the meekness and gentleness of Christ. I recommend you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and see the gentleness of Jesus. 
Now, sometimes we have to use firmness. Later on in this chapter, verses 11 and 12, Paul talks about his firmness as a father, but here he talks about his gentleness as a nurse. Oh, how precious it is when you have this gentleness of heart in dealing with God's little babies. I've had plastic surgery twice because of an automobile accident, and my plastic surgeon was a big man. He had hands that looked like uh, stalks of bananas, and he at one time was a great football player, I understand. But you know the gentleness of his touch? Those giant hands of his would take those magnificent instruments of plastic surgery, and so gently he would remove the scars and patch up my face. That's what Paul's talking about. Discipline, yes. Love, yes. But gentleness. In verse 8, he says, Just as a mother nurses the child with food from her own system, so Paul imparted his own life to these new Christians because they were dear unto him. It's inconvenient for a mother to nurse a child. She has to forget all about herself. She has to eat the right diet. My uh, wife is a great believer in uh, two things, natural childbirth and mothers nursing their children. And uh, I agree with her. I think it's God's way of doing things. And she herself, when we've had our little ones, has had to watch what she eats. If you eat the wrong thing, it shows up in the milk. This is true of preachers and Sunday school teachers and mature Christians. If we eat the wrong thing, it's going to show up in our ministry to other people. And we're going to pass along to these little babies things that are going to poison them. Well, our time is up now. I want to come back to this again, talking about this business of making the church a great place for babies to grow up. This is Pastor Warren Wearsby at Calvary Baptist Church in Covington, Kentucky. I trust the word's been helpful to you today, and we'll want you to tune in again next time on What's the Good Word?